Good morning and welcome to SJL Daily. This is Christy Robers and today we finish the book of Esther in chapters 9 and 10. Throughout this book, we see God working not just behind the scenes, but creating the scenes. God's sovereign will is accomplished through man's free will. In chapter 9, the Jews are victorious, as is Esther's cousin Mordecai. On the very day they were slated to be destroyed, the Jews were allowed to defend themselves and overcame their enemies. The days after this, they celebrated and rejoiced. It is this day of rejoicing called Purim, which they continue to celebrate to this day. Let's read starting at verse 23 of chapter 9. So the Jews accepted what they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast pur, that is, cast lots, to crush and to destroy them. But when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan that he had devised against the Jews should return on his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore, they called these days Purim, after the term Pur. Therefore, because of all that was written in this letter and of what they had faced in this matter and of what happened to them, the Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring and all who joined them that without fail they would keep these two days according to what was written and at the time appointed every year that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every clan, province, and city, and that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews, nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. This is the word of the Lord. I have a Jewish friend who told me last week, seemingly out of nowhere, that they, quote, don't believe Esther is historical anymore. She says there's just too many questions about the dating. Yet she and everyone else celebrates each year with gifts, sweet treats, and funny costumes. They just don't believe it. Kind of like Christians that celebrate Christmas and Easter, but don't really believe it because they seem too far-fetched or made up. Whenever someone tells me that they think the Bible is made up, I remember the Pool of Siloam the very one by which Jesus healed a blind man. For the better part of a hundred years, progressive biblical scholars taught that the Pool of Siloam was made up, that John fabricated the story of Jesus healing for his own purposes, simply because the archaeologists hadn't been able to find it. Then, lo and behold, the pool was discovered in 2004, when a local utility crew in Jerusalem was repairing a broken water pipe. When I think back to my friend's comment last week, I am humbled by how he knows me, who I am and what I would be doing this week with his word, with Esther. I think when we read scripture, we should do so with humility and an understanding that everything that we can ever know about history and really about our present is so limited, it's minuscule. So whenever I don't understand scripture or something just doesn't seem right, it's not because his word is wrong or made up, it's me. I don't have perfect knowledge. As Paul said to the Corinthians, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, 
Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Let's pray. Abba Father, thank you for your word today and thank you for everything you have put in our paths before studying it and what you will continue to teach us about it as the days go by. We ask only that the Holy Spirit continue to make himself known to us through the day so that we may delight in your will. In your son's name we pray. Amen.